0: road to life. We love you. We're so glad to be back together on our podcast. We're here with pastor Mike Shepline and we're going to hear the message from Sunday where you can be inspired through the word of God and maybe even a funny story. For more information, visit roadtolifechurch.com and we'll see you next week. to start a series today, and the title of it is The Proving Ground. Everybody say, The Proving Ground the proving ground. You know, when you look at the term, the proving ground, sometimes we understand what it means. Other times we don't. I heard that there's a video game or some type of a game that's called the proving ground. But, um, you know, they've got the military's got Aberdeen proving ground where they actually, the proving ground is a term that it basically, it is a place where they go to test things to make sure that they perform the way that they're supposed to perform. How many of you are grateful? that have a blow dryer, that this morning when you got up and you used your blow dryer, it performed the way that it was supposed to and it didn't turn into a microwave. How many of you know what I'm saying? It's, you know, when you think about it, it's like how many of you are grateful that, you know, the in regard, how many of you are grateful that people take a driving test before they let them drive so that everybody has the same standards and they're able to perform? How many of you are with me on that? And so when we talk about the proving ground, I believe that one of the ways that God leads us is he places desires in our heart. He places, some of us right now, when I say a desire, it could be a dream, it could be an aspiration in your heart, and usually, not always, those desires line up with certain gifts that he's given us or a talent that he's given us. And we just, it's almost like people look and say, oh, you just kind of flow in that. Not always, but, but um, usually he does that. And I want to read a scripture, actually a couple of scriptures in Psalms 37, verse 3 through verse 5. It says, trust in the Lord and do good. How many of you know you've got to trust God, but you got to do what's right? You got it. So he said, trust in the Lord and do good. Then you will live safely in the land and prosper. When we read the word prosper, we only think of money or monetarily. But in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, the word prosper means to move forward. It means to break out. It means to take ground in our lives. Yes, it can include financially, but that's what the word Prosper means. Verse 4 says, Take delight in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desire. How many of you like that? It's like, God, how many of you got some desires today? Two of us. That's really awesome. How many of you have desires online? They're not helping me. You can lift your hand online as well. But we have desires in our heart. And then it says this in verse 5 Commit everything you do to the Lord, trust him and he will help you. Look at what it says in Philippians 2, verse 13. It says, God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. See, God wants to bless our life. He wants to bless our life. I mean, just look at Jesus. He wants to bless our life. Some of us right now, maybe what's going on in your life, you just need to say that out loud. You just need to say, God wants to bless my life. Say it with me. Say, God, I'm so grateful that you want to bless my life. No matter what's going on, you have promised to bless my life. But he, what he does is he has this pattern that we see throughout the Bible, and it's in both the Old and the New Testament. And what it is is that it's like we said earlier, is God places desires in us that are bigger than where we're at. And what happens is, is he in when they're bigger and they're beyond what our current capacity is at, what he does is he leads us in a growth or in a development Process in our life that, and, and what that includes is it includes tests in our life before that dream or that aspiration is ever realized in or can be realized in our life. What God does is He leads us in a growth process that include tests because what He does is He wants to make sure we can handle it and it won't hurt our life. It won't be detrimental. All of us can look at people in our life that maybe got something and it. Was beyond their capacity to handle what they got, and they self-destructed once they got it. You know they say about the lot people that win the lottery. Some people are like they have lottery faith. I'm nothing against lottery faith, but people that win the lottery, they say that without question over 95% of the people that win large sums of money in the lottery within 5 years their life is way worse than before they started what happened they were blessed but it was beyond their capacity to handle that within their life and so when we talk when we talk about God leading and God breathing into our life the first thing and I'm just going to give you a few words but the first thing is we have a revelation and that's just a big word for, the, for maybe a desire, a dream, an aspiration of what can be in our life. Maybe you're here right now and you say, I have an aspiration or a dream or a desire to get married. Praise God, God gave you that dream. Maybe you're here and it's a business. Maybe you're here, it's in regard to a, an area that God has placed a desire in your heart. And what that should do is it should stir you to a desire for what I'm gonna call information or growth in our life. When God gives you a desire or puts a dream in your heart, it has to be accompanied by growth where we're saying, God, I need information about this so that I can grow, not only in your word, but in my personal life. And then after we get information, the word application is we begin to apply what we learn and what we've, what we're getting to know and, and what's, what's coming into our life. And we begin to apply it. But immediately after we apply it, what happens is, is we, we go into this season, and this is really where we're going to talk about in the proving ground, is we go through a season of tests and temptations in our life, because what happens is, is God wants us to grow our capacity to handle what he's promised in our life. I'm convinced that all of us are educated way beyond our level of obedience in our life. How many of you know what I'm saying? How many of you know we, it's like, okay, I know what I'm not going to do it. Okay. That's educated way beyond our, and so what God does is he leads us in this process of what, and we're going to unpack that in a minute of test and temptation. And what, then what happens after we go through tests and temptations in our life is our motivation gets purified. Why do I do what I do? Why do I want this in my life? And my motivation gets purified. And when my motivation gets purified, it brings transformation in us and we grow so that we can handle it. And then the last thing is we experience promotion, which is the reality of that desire within our life. But he leads us in a process of developing our character and he allows us to go through certain tests because he knows that unless our character keeps up with his blessing we'll implode in our life and it will not be a blessing and because of that he loves us you know it reminds me of you know when my when when my kids were 14 and 15 I remember one of them at 15 said I can drive I said you don't have your license how many of you know what I'm saying and because you've not been tested we don't trust you how many of you are with me on that how many of you are grateful I wouldn't let them drive. How many of you are grateful? You know, when you think about your kids, you're in in their life I remember when michael was like super little he went out the gate and climbed up on the neighbor's motorcycle that was an 1100 ninja and was making the sounds like he was ready to go that's what we do with God we say God I'm ready to go and God says excuse me not yet I don't think you're ready to go and if you take off on that thing you're going to crash how many of you are with Me on that, and so God, God's purpose of allowing us to go through tests is He wants to promote us, and promotion in Him is always first an inside thing before it's an outside thing it is always something on the inside of me. He wants to make sure that I don't implode or self-destruct. And so promotion can destroy us if we don't have the inside growth and character to handle it. This is a biblical principle that we see both in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, but due to our American culture of comfort, I believe today in the church, it is not a Christian view. We have this th- this view in the church because of uh, the way that our culture is, that if it is a test, if it is a trial, if it is uncomfortable, then you know what? God is not in it. But I want to tell you, it's just as God is just as much into it as he is. Jesus is the Savior. Just as much into it. You know, in my younger days as a Christian, I was raised in a camp that every test, that every trial, that everything that was uncomfortable was from the devil and to be rebuked. How many of you are with me on that? Let me just ask you a question. Is there anybody else that you were in that camp? Just put your hand. You were just like, and it was like, and so most of my days, we're rebuking things. I rebuke this in the name of Jesus. I rebuke this in the name. And many times it was a test. It was a trial. Then I started running into these verses that challenged my theology. And let me just give you an inside track. If we read verses in the Bible that contradict our theology, we change our theology to match the Bible. We don't change the Bible to match our theology. Today in America, what we have is people have a theology and a belief about God. And what they do is they change the Bible to fit their theology rather than change their theology to fit the Bible. And then they say, God, why are you not in it? And it's because when we change, our, when we change the Bible to fit our theology, we are the Lord. He is not the Lord. And so I remember as this began to happen, I re- and I'm going to read a verse, but there was a, a verse, and I remember reading it to a, a buddy of mine that was in the same camp, and he looked at me just straight-faced, and he said, I don't believe that. I'm like, what can you not believe? It's a Bible verse. I just, I just, I just, no. And I remember looking at him thinking, okay. I, and I dug deep, but it says this in Proverbs 17:3. It says, fire test the purity of silver and gold, but the Lord tests the heart. Look at that statement, fire, when you think about the purity of silver and gold. When you put fire to it, the purpose is, is to cause the impurities to float to the top, so that the impurities can be skimmed off, so that now it is more valuable, it is something that is more pure, and then notice what it said right here, it's in one translation, says it like this, but just like fire tests silver and gold, the Lord tests our heart, see God, what he did, he comes into our life, and he says, you know what, I've given you these desires, I've given you this dream, I've given you this aspiration. But realize you were raised in an imperfect world and you have picked up things in this imperfect world and what is going to happen is you're going to go through some testing periods that allow the junk to float to the top so that that dream can come into reality and let me skim that stuff right off the top. Are you with me? Look at what it says in Psalm 17, verse 3. He said, you have tested my thoughts and examine my heart in the night now in the in the bible especially in the old testament the word night was indicative of a trying time it was indicative of a dark time so he said god you tested my thoughts and you examined my heart in those times you have scrutinized me and found nothing wrong i am determined not to sin in what i say even jesus If you think back, before he started his ministry, before he did anything else, is if you think of Jesus, is he goes to the Jordan River to be baptized by John the Baptist in the Jordan River, and the Bible says that when he's being baptized, the heavens open above him, and the Bible says that the Holy Spirit descends on him in the form of a dove, and then God speaks from heaven, and everybody around can hear God, and God says, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Now, let me just ask you a question. If we were baptizing you at church and that happened here, how many of you would just be like, oh, uh uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? God spoke audibly. Everybody's like, get back. God just spoke. But what I want you to notice is the very next thing after God spoke this is it's in Luke chapter 4, verse 1 and 2. Now, Jesus full of And in perfect communication with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit. Look at the word Spirit. The Holy Spirit, this is the one that that just descended on him like a dove. He was led by the Spirit in the wilderness for 40 days, being tempted by the devil, and he ate nothing during those times. And when they ended, he was hungry." And what we're going to do is we're going to today we're going to shed some light on the word test and temptation. What we're going to find out is in the Greek they are the exact same word and we'll unpack it. But look at what it says in James chapter 1 verse 2 through verse 4. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 4, and this is the Apostle Paul. He said, for we speak as messengers. Now look at this word, approved by God to be entrusted with the good news. Our purpose is to please God not people he alone examines the motives of our heart look at first timothy chapter 1 verse 12 he said, I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has granted me the needed strength and may be able for this. Now look at this statement. Because he considered me faithful and trustworthy, putting me into service for this ministry. What I want you to notice is before Paul ever stepped in to what God has, God counted him faithful. God said he's faithful. He went through some tests. He went through some things, and God counted him faithful. God spoke to Joseph, and he gave him a dream and said, you are going to be above everybody else in, in all of the land. And then he goes through 21 years of what we would call trials and situations that equip him in his life. Moses, he supposed that the Israelites were going to know that he was going to be a deliverer, and it didn't work out that way. He went through 40 years of development. David is anointed to be the king of Israel. He goes up to the kingdom only to flee from a demonized king Saul three separate times I almost called this series test temptations and promotions we all want to identify with promotion Are, are you here we all I want to be promoted God I want to prosper, God. God says, good, that is awesome. Guess what? I want to bless you. I want to promote you. But realize this, you're going to go through some things that are tests. And in the test, the enemy is going to provide a temptation for you to give into a weakness in your life. And you're going to have to go through that test again before you step into that promotion, before you step into it. You know, the, the root word, and I said earlier, we're going to unpack it. But the root word for test in temptation in the New Testament, the root word, the Greek word for test in temptation are exactly the same word. And you can even see them translated two different ways in the same verse, but it's the same word. If you look at the word test, it, um, it means this. It means test or temptation. To try, to make a trial, to test for the purpose of ascertaining his quality or a person's um, quantity, quality, or what they think and how they will behave themselves. That is in a good sense. In a bad sense, to test means to maliciously, craftily put to the proof their feelings or judgments, to test one's faith, virtue, character, or by enticement to send temptation, whether arising from desires or from outward circumstances think about this for a moment, of temptation by which the devil sought to divert Jesus the Messiah from a divine errand. God will allow and even lead us in tests in our life. He will allow it. He will even lead us in tests in our life because what he wants to do is he wants to prove our character in order to promote us to what he has. But in the same breath that God will allow us to go through a test, the enemy will always present an opportunity for temptation. where we we can be tempted to give into our flesh. We can be tempted to do the wrong thing. And we're in the middle of a test, which means we're at our weakest point. And what God is wanting to do is he's wanting to show us how to overcome the temptations of life. He doesn't want us running from temptations. He wants us to overcome temptations. He doesn't want us a slave of temptation. He wants us to overcome temptation in our life. And so what he does is he allows us to go through a test and then when we face a temptation he simply speaks to us and says I need you to trust me I'll strengthen you and we're going to overcome this temptation so the devil doesn't kick your butt with this temptation like he has in the past are you with me and see this is what God does in our life in every test Satan will always present a temptation that directly connects to my flesh It directly connects to my weakness, hoping I'll give in to temptation so as to limit or hinder my growth and my promotion as to what God has for my life. You know, in football, they call it Hell Week. How many of you are familiar with Hell Week? Hell Week is where they just just tax you. But the reason they do it is because they want you to be strong when the game comes. We have endurance. But many times as American Christians, we look at tests, we look at all of that stuff and we're like, this isn't right. No, realize this, it's part of life. Everything in life gets tested. Your iPhone was tested before they could ever sell it to you. And it had to meet a certain standard. God looks at our life and he says, you got to realize I'm a good God, but you've picked stuff up living down here. And what I want to do is equip you to overcome those things in your life so that they don't kick your butt in the next season like they've kicked your butt in the last season. Now, stop. Some of you are like, you said kick butt twice. How many of you can relate to kick butt twice? How many of you know what I'm saying? God allows tests, and then he gives us the strength to overcome the temptation, but we've got to face them down. God leads and allows tests. Realize If you're in a test, it's because God believes in you that you can overcome. I'm just going to tell you, you know, when you went from kindergarten to first grade, fourth to fifth grade, seventh to eighth grade, the teacher gave you a test. And the test was to make sure you could be promoted to the next thing. They weren't giving you the test saying, we don't think you're going to make it. They were giving you a test to say, we think we've put all the right stuff in and you can make it. Realize this, that right now, if you're in a test, God believes you can make it. He believes you can step in. And a lot of times what we do is we have these dreams and we're gonna unpack in the weeks ahead. I've identified nine different tests and I'll maybe say them at the end that God will allow me to go through nine different ones that he will allow me to go through and that I must master, I must master. See, he allows it to grow us, to increase our capacity, to bless us with more. Think back to original sin in the garden of Eden. I mean, sin had never come on the earth before. God puts Adam and Eve in the garden. He puts them in the garden and he said, you can eat of everything in the garden except one tree. That's the test. What did the enemy do? He comes with temptation. He came and they gave in to the temptation so they didn't pass the test. So the plan of God never came about because they gave in to the temptation. Think of the Israelites coming out of Egypt theologians agree that the journey from Egypt to the promised land should have lasted if they would have just been disciplined, taken their one day of Sabbath, and then gone for six days, that they could have reached the promised land in 40 days. But 40 years later, they're still in the wilderness. See, God promised, God had a plan, God wanted. But as you studied their life, every time they faced a test, they gave in to temptation. And God said, even though it's my plan, even though I've made provision, even though I want you to go in, you have to increase on the inside to handle what I want to do with you on the outside. You must increase on the inside. Look at, I mean, Satan is the tempter in the test. He will always present temptations to limit, to hinder, and to destroy our life. If you're in a test right now, you can count on this, that God is, is, I'll even throw this word, God is betting He's put, he's slid all his chips into the table that you can pass that test if you'll follow him. But equally, the enemy who you are made in the image of God, every time Satan sees you, it reminds him of God. But when he looks at you, he's reminded of the potential of God. He's reminded of the ability of God. He's reminded of the strength of God. He's reminded of the Savior that crushed his head when he, when he walked the earth. He's reminded of And so what he does is he hits our life and our mind with temptations to get us to try to get out a cheat on the test. And God says, you don't get it, but the test is to increase your capacity so you can step into what you're dreaming about and what I've promised in your life. Look at what it says in 1 Thessalonians 3.5. It says, for this reason, when I could no longer endure the suspense, I sent someone to find out about your faith, how you were holding up under pressure. Sounds like a test. Can we all agree on that? Sounds like a test. Now look at this. For fear that somehow the tempter had tempted you and our work among you would prove to be ineffective. Look at James chapter 1 verse 12. It says God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Notice they're together. Afterward, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. And remember, when you are being tempted, do not say God is tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong, and he never tempts anyone else. Temptation comes out of our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions. And when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. The word test and temptation here are the same word if you look it up in the Greek. If you stop and you think about it. See, Satan's motive is to destroy. God's motive is to bless. And, you know, when you, I remember, and this was quite a few years ago, I had a brother-in-law, he was big into watches. What is like, when you think about a watch, what would be like the cream of the crop watch that you would be like, oh, I want one of those. If you were into watches, would it be a Rolex? Be a Rolex. So he wanted to get a Rolex. And what he heard is he heard that in Mexico, you could get a Rolex for $25. (laughs) He made a trip into Mexico, (laughs) bought a Rolex. He negotiated, he got it for $20. (laughs) <laughs> he came home and within seven days, the gold was rubbing off on his wrist. I looked into him and I said, you got suckered. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? How many, but it was not a Rolex. You know, you, you think about it. His character is what we develop and it determines three things in our life. It determines our ceiling, how high we can go. It determines our quality of life when, when, and when we step into whatever God has, our character does, and it also determines our longevity. Look at what it says in Proverbs 19, verse 3. It says, The foolishness of a person undermines their way, ruining whatever they undertook. Then their heart is resentful and it rages against the Lord. For being a fool, they blame the Lord instead of themselves. I believe today that God is speaking to each and every one of us. And right now, you might be in a spot. Maybe you're not. But you're in a spot, and you're being tested. I'm going to tell you, you need to change that word test to promotion. You're You're being put in a spot that God is saying, I want to promote you. I want to bless you. I want to increase. Lord, that's what I desire, but I don't want to go through this route. God says, excuse me, you can't get there unless you go through this route. But in that test, the enemy is going, to prov- is going to tempt you to go in a direction, to align your will with your flesh, to go in this direction, and what it's going to do. And what I love about God is God allows open book retakes. How many of you know what I'm saying? It's like, oh. I'm going to be super honest with you. I can look in my life and see times that I failed the test. I failed it. How many of you, be honest, I put through myself out there. How many of you can say, I faced tests and I failed the test. But what I love about God is he will let us take it over and over and over and over again until we pass it. He'll keep coaching us. He'll keep loving us. He'll keep helping us. And the, and the thing is, is do we believe in the dream, the desire, and the aspiration? And what I call it is I call it the proving ground. God loves us. He cares about us. But what he does is he says, realize that because I love you, the desire that I've given you, the dream that I've placed in your heart is dependent on, Upon your character increasing, your heart increasing, your capacity increasing. If we're maxed where we're currently at right now, God's answer is not to get us out of it. God's answer is to grow us where we're at. That's his answer. So then we can step into what he has. And what we're going to talk about in the up and coming weeks is we're going to talk about the nine different tasks that every one of us go through to prove our personal potential. I didn't say God doesn't love us. I didn't say God doesn't care about us. But if I believe in his plan and the desire that he's put in my heart enough, it should motivate me to say, okay. And I'm just going to say them real quick because I think in our lives sometimes, as I say them, maybe you can spot it and say, oh, I'm there right now. The first test is a test of what I call small things in my life. It's the test of small things, being in a small place. The second test is the test of motivation, the motivation test. The third is the credibility test. The fourth is the wilderness test. You're in a wilderness, you don't know why, whatever. It's a test. You're in a test. The next is the authority test, the authority test. The sixth is the warfare test. The seventh is the offense test. People do me wrong. How am I going to process? What am I going to do with that? The eighth is the time test. And the ninth is the lordship test in our life. And I think all of us, and let me just throw this out. Just because you pass it at the stage you're at, when God begins to pour out and bless your life, you'll face them again because they tap into and increase our capacity to handle more in our life. Are you with me today? Everybody with me still on the horse? Everybody, stand to your feet if you would. How many of you believe in the goodness of God? Well, that's really good eight of us, do. I said, how many of you believe in the goodness of God? Now, here's the next one. How many of you believe God's got a great plan for your life? How many of you believe he can navigate you into that plan? But how many of you know the challenge is for us to say, okay, Lord, I'm going to trust, I'm going to keep my heart right, and I'm going to go after you with all that I am. You know what it does when we do that? Is it frees us from the baggage of yesterday. It frees us from the stuff of yesterday. I wonder today... You're here today, and how many of us, maybe you're here, maybe you're visiting for the first time, maybe you're not, but you can honestly look at your life and say, I'm not where I need to be with the Lord, and I know it. Let me just be super clear. There's no condemnation in that. Everybody in this room has been in that place in their life, but you're here, and you say, you know what? I am not where I should be, and I know it. I want to encourage you in this. God is not expecting you to fix your life, He's not expecting you to get it together. He's not expecting you to fix an area that has been a hindering area in your life for a long time. But what he is expecting you to be is to be wholehearted and come to him and invite him to come in and to be the Lord of your life. That is when he goes from the outside to the inside of your life. See, our problems are not in the outside. Our problems are Him living big on the inside because when He's big on the inside, we can overcome anything on the outside of our life. And I wonder today, you're here and you say, I just need to give my heart to the Lord. I want us to just bow our head, close our eyes, and right now is your moment with Jesus. He's stirring me, to simply ask you a simple question. Are you today ready to go all in and give Jesus your heart, your past, your current struggles, your future, and say, Lord, I give you my life, and I invite you, come in. That's you, on the count of three, I wanna pray with you, right where you're at. We're all gonna pray, but you say, that's me. I believe that the Holy Spirit right now is drawing you. But only you can respond. And by respond, I believe we need to do something outside to say, yes, God, that's me. If that's you, I want you on the count of three to just lift your hand right where you're at. One, two, three. Lift your hand to the Lord. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. I want to lead us all in this prayer. Say this with me. Jesus, I believe that you're God's son. I give you my heart in the rest of my life. Lord, I repent of my sins and I invite you to wash me and give me a brand new start. I invite your Holy Spirit to come into my life.